Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, Los Angeles County Supervisor Don Kanabi, as we continue our 23rd anniversary year. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by the Port of Long Beach, a leader in international trade and environmental stewardship. And the Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Scan Health Plan, for your health and independence. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire show is uh, L.A. County Supervisor Don Kanabi. Don, welcome back to Straight Talk. Art, right, nice to be back. It's been a while. It's been a while, but uh, always a pleasure to see you. And uh, let's start with the budget. Uh, that's a concern at every level. Uh, what's the budget situation for L.A. County? Well, at this particular point, we're in pretty good shape. Uh, obviously, uh, we've worked very hard over the years to make sure that our budget is balanced. You know, we have that unique responsibility, like cities and counties and school districts. We have to balance our budget, not like the state or feds. So it puts us in a very precarious position. Our biggest unknown at this point it can, continues to be the Affordable Care Act uh, as we prepare. And as I tell people, whether you're for it or against it, it's here. We've got to be ready. And so we're doing some very positive things. And we work with our labor partners on some pension issues and retiree health care. So from an overall perspective, we're seeing a little bump in property taxes, a little bump in sales tax, nothing you want to go out and spend the money on, but some positive signs. So overall, uh, we're in pretty decent shape. And over the, historically, the county has been fiscally conservative in their budgeting process uh, and hasn't gotten into the difficulty that some neighboring cities and counties have gotten into. Absolutely. I mean, we didn't get caught up in the, you know, 3% of 50, a lot of the pension issues. We, we weren't very popular with our labor partners at the time, but now we are because we got through the entire downturn with no layoffs, no furloughs. Uh, we've had, in the last 30 months, we've had two credit rating increases, unheard of, the largest municipality in America to have such a thing. That's great. Well, as you know, there's a new sheriff in town. Our former chief of police, Jim McDonald, is now the right. L.A. County Sheriff. I was up there uh, last week for a, a Sheriff's Youth Foundation function in the beautiful Hall of Justice building. Uh, give us your take on the new sheriff. Well, first of all, obviously, I was excited to be able to offer him up to bring him to Long Beach to begin with, and I wasn't very popular then with some. Now they, <laughs> I'm unpopular in Long Beach because I took him away to become sheriff. Uh, obviously, I've, I found him as a key player, number one. I don't think there was anyone in America more qualified to become the next county of Los Angeles sheriff than Jim McDonald uh, for a couple of reasons. One, he just has impeccable character, his integrity. He has the ability of, to bridge gaps between labor and management. Uh, to restore the credibility. Look at when you have 13,000 employees, you're going to have some bad apples. 99.9% .9 of the men and women from our Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department do their job each and every day by the rules, class, integrity, whatever it takes. And we had a few bad apples, and they need to be held accountable. And I don't think there's anyone better positioned. Uh, than Jim McDonald to, to bring us back to that credibility. And we had the interim sheriff, John Scott from Orange County, who saved Jimmy a lot of work uh, in writing some things. But he still has a lot of work to but do. it's a giant job. Uh, it's a giant job. Like turning a battleship around. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes it's that outsider impact. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. 
I think the fact that uh, Jim Chief Sheriff Jim Chief yeah, still Sheriff chief, McDonald uh, was my appointee to the Jail Violence Commission yes. really gave him an insight as to what was going on, and so that he can sort of hit the ground running. Uh, and so far, so good. He's doing and a great his, job. His election victory, getting a majority without the need for a runoff, right. was fantastic. Well, he was a little short of that. Remember, oh, he was he had, just short. He had yeah, a, just like just less, a, you know, yeah. a tenth of a percent or something. But they, at, at this function, they announced it's the first sheriff in the history of LA County sheriff that was not internal. He came from the outside. I never realized that. Well, I, I go back. I mean, I don't. I wasn't there, but Biscalus is about <laughs> as far as my history goes back. Uh, and all the others, but all the others were internal candidates. Yeah, yeah. Let's turn to uh, an issue that came before uh, the supervisors recently, and that was the proposed increase in the minimum wage in the unincorporated areas, up to maybe five, fifteen and a quarter, to match the minimum wage in the city of LA. What's what's the thinking, and where do you stand on increasing minimum wage in the unincorporated areas of the county? First of all, the motion before us was to go out for a study, and I supported that. And the study is going to be paid for by us from, through the LAEDC, which is the Los Angeles Economic Development Corporation. And so, obviously, I didn't have a problem studying it. I brought in another motion at the same time that sort of sets up and uses our Small Business Commission to go out into the unincorporated areas to hold hearings on small, from small businesses. I don't care whether it's a cleaners, whether it's a donut shop, a barbershop, whatever it may be. Economists are great. You can find an economist and say there's no impact on minimum wages. You can find an economist and say it's going to be a disaster. There's got to be some room. So an economist doesn't, has never done a budget. Economists never had to write a check for payroll or those kinds of things. So what I'm trying to do is to sort of look. They're going to do their study, LADC. What about a real study with the real people that have to meet payroll each and every day? But what do you think just generically of minimum wages? Well, what I about think, well, where uh, and oh, I see, Okay. Well, I mean, to start with, first of all, I, I would be one of the first to say that, you know, it, it's absolutely impossible to raise a family on the minimum wage. Uh, I think that the break-in period is what's going to be the critical point as to when it gets to whatever point. Not, it can't happen overnight because uh, as Oakland and uh, San Francisco have found out, they're losing a lot of small businesses because they try to do it overnight. And one of the things the county's really been good at, and that's the purpose of this study, is to not to do, you know, go out and hold a press conference, we're going to do this, this, and this. And most cities, including the city of L.A. and other cities, uh, got themselves in a position of programs that are not sustainable. And so if, if we increase the minimum wage, how do we do that? Over what period of time and what impacts? Are there issues... Uh, you know, there's issues with technicians in auto dealership and how they deal, whether they have their own tools or not. Things you have no idea. It's not about just taking a dollar and adding a dollar and adding a dollar fifty. There's impacts to these small businesses. Do they have to reduce the number of employees? Do they increase hours for other people? And you know, the thing, the one thing that people forget, and the thing you have to protect too, you could create a situation where you lose an entire part-time employment base Absolutely. of all the students out there that are unfortunate enough, they have to work. And so you've got part-time help. There are economists who are responsible economists who argue that that does not help the worker because it pushes people out of the labor pool who, who are not economically worth what the higher minimum wage right. is. So I, I'm, it's yeah, above I mean, my it's, pay grade. So that's why we're trying to balance this thing, get the study, what? trying to do our public hearings with the small businesses. 
Look, I mean, you know, there's a lot of we're hearing from waiters and waitresses that make more money than the minimum wage. Well, they, they make don't it on give, tip. They make it on tip. Right. So. They don't want to get that up to raise the minimum wage to cut down their salary. So they make more in tips. And than one doing. quick point: it's the unincorporated areas dot L.A. County a little bit here, a little bit there. It's not as if a city is increasing the minimum wage. It's it's pockets that are going to be, and well, I don't know that, what impact that has. Right, and that and the fact that if you take the unincorporated population of Los Angeles County, we're the second largest city. 100,000. You no, know, no, about 1.75 million. In the unincorporated? In unincorporated areas. Uh-huh. That's right. A lot of yeah. folks. Yeah. Okay, we'll be back with more with the supervisor after these messages. At the Port of Long Beach, we're not only delivering jobs, smart ideas, and forward-thinking environmental initiatives. We're also delivering opportunity for all of Southern California. Oh, and a clearer horizon line. To learn more, go to polb.com. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. Crystal clear HD channels and live TV on the Spectrum app, you never know what you might discover. Charter Spectrum, where will it take you? We're back with LA County Supervisor Don Kanabi. Don, as you know, Southern California, California generally is in a drought situation, serious drought. Uh, how does it specifically impact the county and is the county able to do anything uh, in relieving the, the anguish? Well, I think we're going to be part of the anguish uh, in our own way. Back in 2008, I brought in a motion as related to water shortages and getting the county prepared. The county's created a master plan since 2008. It was updated last year, last July, I believe. Uh, it's important to us, obviously, because as the in charge of flood control and all the other kinds of issues that we have to deal with, all the property that we own uh, throughout the county to be a participant. And so. Our public works department has been working very hard with regional agencies to see what we can do, to how we can increase ground storage and, and some of the underground storage for water. We're a big player in that with all these other water agencies. And so from a, from a planning perspective, uh, we're there. Uh, I'll be bringing in a motion here in the near future to make sure after the governor has 
you know, dead is said now we're in a severe drought and a 25% reduction is very, very significant. How does that impact us as a county? How does it impact our flood control operations? How does it impact our storage operations? Uh, is all part of it. So I'm going to sort of get an update where we are. But we've been moving forward on it because of one of the importance is people don't realize that the county's involved in the water issues too. And so we're a protector, but also a deliverer. As you know, I'm on the board of water commissioners for the city of Long Beach. And Congratulations. Thank you. And we focus very much on water conservation as really the, the major short-term solution to the problem has to be change of habits. And uh, we're, we are engaged in a major educational system and uh, maybe the county is, uh, is we're also... We're doing that in incorporated areas as well. But, but Art, that brings up another point and you, you'll probably hear from constituents now that you're a, a water commissioner. But people reduce their water and become a player and, and, and contribute and cooperate with water agencies, cooperate with the county. In my own city, uh, I reduced my water usage somewhere between 25 and 30 percent, but my rates have gone up over 40 percent. And the reason being is that water agency, and I'm sure Long Beach Water is no different, it becomes a revenue base, not just to purvey the water, not just to deliver the water, but to add a little bit on top for the general fund. And so as these cities, uh, as, as their constituents reduce their water usage, their revenues go down. And, and water is a big revenue generator for cities and counties. And uh, so it's, it's, there's a twofold issue here. I mean, as people do what they're supposed to do, cities are going to be impacted because they're going to lose revenue. Well, just for the record, uh, the rates in Long Beach are among the lowest in the entire state. So uh, uh, we, are, we run a very tight ship. But so I you're advocating today you're going to raise them? No, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so let's turn to uh, your communication system proposed for the county, uh, this uh, in the light of, uh, in the wake of 9-11, uh, where there were difficulties with the police and fire communicating with each other, tragically causing fatalities. Um, it was realized there was a need for a better communication system. And LA RICS, the Regional Interchangeable Communication System, uh, has been proposed with a $154 million federal grant mm -hmm. But, uh, and that grant was received years ago, but nothing to date has been uh, built, and the grant expires if the program doesn't uh, get started by September of this year. So I know there are two sides to it. Where do you stand? Well, obviously, uh, as you know, you've had me on your show before when I was a member of the Homeland Security Commission. Interoperability is probably the key element to all first responders, not just in L.A. County. We're the poster child because we're the biggest but throughout the nation, the ability to talk both digitally and mobily uh, between firefighters and police and, uh, you know, all public safety agencies. So obviously it's an important issue to me and I strongly support it. I thoroughly believe and strongly believe that the scientific information is there, that it's safe. Uh, there's the fear factors that's been interjected that's going to kill you. Uh, and the well, science that the, the communications no the towers that will put off something oh, uh, and oh, then the, the so it becomes towers. A cell towers and you know your laptop your cell phones I mean the whole thing are stronger than the, than the kind of emissions that that thing's going to put out the problem being that where we're at right now and we're sort of at a stone ground we're at a very critical point of whether we're able to move forward or not and that's in the site locations in neighborhoods and L.A. Ricks quite honestly did not do a good job in public outreach. Uh, on these sightings, they thought because these are the site, the locations for the, well, these for are the, the towers, towers right? That and, allow and so the, you can put them. The word is you can put them up on our fire station property because we own it. It's a public agency. 
without SQL and all the other kinds of things. Obviously, fire stations sit in the middle of neighborhoods, and so that's created an issue. And so, uh, so we got pushed back from well, the we're getting pushed back from cities. I mean, entire cities dropping out of the system. So, unless you have enough sites up. Uh, engineering-wise, to make it a, a an operable it's, system, it, make it really doesn't make any difference to, to go forward. So uh, we're looking at so it. So you've been studying this thing for years because of this balance of, right. uh, you know. Uh, politics have entered the play now. And anytime politics enters the area of public policy, uh, common sense sometimes is out the window. <laughs> and so when that's where politics enters common sense, oh, that's, I like that yeah. one. So, but but it's it's do or die. September, lose oh, it or lose it. Uh, artists do or die sooner than that because either we have a plan in place or the feds are going to pull the plug, and so and they'll move the money someplace else. So it's it's not September. September, that would be great if we could do it. But we had a plan in place with cities dropping out. We're looking to how we rearrange the towers to make sure that we have enough communication to make the. Citizen. So I have a sense that you you'd be for it if you can get enough towers to make. Absolutely. It. Oh no, I strongly support. I mean, okay. uh, I know how important interoperability is to all of our public safety agencies. Uh, now some of the public safety agencies are opposed to it. And, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it really has become political. I mean, the city of L.A. dropped out. Can't you kind of decorate them like we do our, our oil well, wells? Well, it, it's, it's not that easy in the sense you could if you were able to find isolated. But since they're going up on fire department property, uh, you want fire department property in the middle of communities. You don't, you don't put a yeah. fire department, you don't put a fire station 20 miles from town. So that's the issue we're dealing with, and hopefully we'll find a resolution. Everyone can come together from engineers to the public safety folks uh, to the county to the city and the whole joint powers agreement that we're able to move forward with a very, very, very important system to the public safety. Look, we're in an area that's subject to disaster, flood, fires, and earthquakes, and uh, we and terrorism. need and we and terrorism. We need this system. Okay, next segment, you won't want to miss this, up close and personal with the supervisor. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing.
It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Bellflower, Long Beach. When you have enough internet speed for everyone in your home, mom can video chat with grandma. Your daughter can check her favorite sites. Your son can conquer the galaxy. And you'll still have enough bandwidth to conquer your first warrior pose. Get internet speed starting at 60 megabits per second with Charter Spectrum. Where will it take you? We're back with L.A. County Supervisor Don Kanabi. Don, you're coming to uh, near the end of your nearly 20 years in office. And I remember uh, you were the uh, uh, chief of staff for your predecessor, Supervisor Dean Dana. And you were on our show with five of your opponents when... Uh, when you were running for his seat. Absolutely. That was back in 1994 and 1995. I was on your show twice uh, in debates with my opposition. And uh, so... Uh, Gordana and a few others. Yeah, a few others. And yeah, it was an interesting period of time and uh, a, a very tough struggle, but makes you appreciate where you're at once you go through Absolutely. all that. Um, how do you feel as you're coming to the near the end of, of nearly 20 years in, in public service. I feel like I'm getting close to being able to take a deep breath. <laughs> uh, seriously, I, you, know, you, you look at 20 years of elected life and then 14 years as Dean Dana's chief of staff. So I've been part of the lives of 2 million people in 26 cities for 34 years by the time that I'm done. That's a long period of time and the district's larger than some states. Uh, and so it's been a heavy responsibility uh, an incredible opportunity. I feel blessed to have the position that I have. Uh, you've heard me say many times it's the best political job in America because you don't get caught up in presidential or gubernatorial vetoes or a caucus telling you how to vote. We have to fix the problems. People don't come to us to say thank you. They come to us because they're hurting. And so from that standpoint, uh, that piece uh, I will miss. Um, and, I, you know, I, I just will... I would say that uh, I've enjoyed it all and enjoying looking to the future as well, too, to maybe travel a little bit, just have some free time to say, no, you can't go there because you got a speech to give on at 2 o'clock that afternoon or something like that. So a little more control. you got a bunch of grandkids you like to spend time oh, with. Oh, absolutely. And that was going to be my, my next response was, obviously, you're going to have to work hard now because they have schedules. <laughs> you know, I mean, they've got softball work around there. and dance and, you know, all these kinds of things that uh, yeah. uh, compete with our own schedule. So we, we look forward to, Julie and I, to family time, a little time to ourselves, uh, doing the things that we want to do. And just maybe, just maybe a few less chicken dinners. <laughs> any, any regrets about decisions that you made, either as a super? Now, just for the record... Don was also the mayor of Cerritos at the time when the mall came in, and the mall was in part your well, baby. I, well, the, yeah, Cerritos Auto, Auto Square. Auto Square. And uh, obviously I was mayor during the air crash, which was a life-changing experience to me. Yeah. But to be able to have, wear two hats at that point was really important as well. Um, I, I, you know, I have to, to look back, and I, uh, I, I really don't have a, a lot of regrets. I mean, if, if I had a regret is that... Uh, I, I just kept taking care of business and so I didn't get to travel much or, you yeah. know, go to foreign destinations to do those kinds of things. But from the job standpoint, I really... You really love the job. I really love the job. Yeah. And, you know, the thing with safe surrender and the child sex driving, those are the kinds of issues that maybe aren't very popular, uh, but been able to weigh in and make a difference in people's lives. Uh, so so I, I really feel um, that I've been able to make a difference. 
uh, and I've thoroughly enjoyed the ride. I get frustrated sometimes with my schedule, those kinds of things, but then, you know, and I I'm know blessed to have this job, and I asked for it. If you had to pick one of the many accomplishments, I suspect that the, the Safe Surrender program would be right near the top of the list, and I understand that you just had your 126th Safe Surrender. Exactly. Since, uh, and, and I... There's no question. I mean, if you ask me if I had a legacy issue or my number one accomplishment, it would be safe surrender. When you, you see 126 lives saved, you see the joy that those kids brought to the families that adopted them. Uh, we just had a little celebration of 100. And just for the record, a safe surrender, for those of you that may not be familiar with it, is an unwanted baby. You leave that baby at a fire station or a hospital. hospital and no questions. No question asked within the first 72 hours of birth. No name, no shame, no blame. And just recently, we celebrated the 125, and we invited families back, and the little kids got to, you know, plant plants. And so we had a little garden of life uh, downtown in the middle of Grand Park, uh, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a very moving experience. When you see these kids, I mean, these kids sort of jumped in. They're this close to being thrown in a trash can or a dumpster or an ocean or a lake, uh, and they're a joy of life. And then you see the siblings. They're arguing back and forth like siblings do, like they belong there for all their life and the families, the joy. Uh, it's, it's been an incredible experience. Yeah. Well, thank you for that and your many other accomplishments. Thank you. We'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. There's a world of opportunity available through the College of Continuing and Professional Education at Cal State Long Beach. Would you like to move ahead in the field of human resources and personnel management? Sign up for the Human Resources Management Certificate Program. You'll learn how to expand your knowledge and skills and advance in this dynamic industry. For more information, contact the College of Continuing and Professional Education at Cal State Long Beach. You've been planning this moment for a long time. It couldn't be a more perfect moment. And you have the perfect ring that will tell her, I want to love you forever. But nothing is perfect. Don't listen to that guy. He got the ring at McCarty's. McCarty's yes. makes a moment. I think we've been very fortunate to have a man of the quality of Don Kanabi uh, representing us for nearly 20 years in the 4th Supervisory District in L.A. County. 
and uh, having interviewed literally hundreds of elected officials on this show, I can proudly, easily say that, that Don is in this field to accomplish something, not to be somebody. So, Don, with your wife, Julie, uh, at your side, thank you for what you've thank done. Thank you. Thank you, Art. Thanks for having me. And uh, hopefully we get a few more shows in be, <laughs> before I leave in 2016. But it's been a great ride. Uh, and uh, always appreciate your support and the issues that you bring out. I mean, not just with me, but uh, other guests on your show. You do a great public service. Thank, thank you very much for that, Don. And thank you guys for joining us. Please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by the Port of Long Beach, the Press-Telegram, and Scan Health Plan. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.